Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to City View Church Online, the perfect place for imperfect people. My name is Jared. I'm so excited to share with what I got for you. I think it's going to encourage you. I think it's going to build you up. But if you're watching, maybe with a gathering, maybe you're with your community, maybe you're with your family, would you look to the person next to you and give them a little corona bump? Give them a quick corona bump. Tell them, welcome home. You might be saying, I'm by myself, Jared. That's cool. Get the pillow right next to you. Give it a quick corona bump because we are all in this together. Though we cannot meet physically, I'm telling you, we are still meeting spiritually. For those of you that are joining online, maybe you got on that weird YouTube wormhole. You got on some link. It was this one. You bared through the music. Now you got to me. Um, I don't know what your background is. Um, I don't know if maybe this is your first time to a church experience like this, but I want to tell you welcome home and that you don't have to believe to belong here. We are literally truly excited that you're with us. I don't know what your background is, what your story has church people hurt you, people that say they follow Jesus hurt you. No matter where you are on your faith journey, you don't have to believe to belong here. We are literally so excited you're here with us today. So let's have some fun though. How many of you, if you're with your family, if you're by yourself, would you make some noise if you love roller coasters? Come on, make some noise. Kids, I hear you screaming. Annoy your parents. Make some noise. I love roller coasters. What is wrong with you people? Y'all loving roller coasters? Now I cannot stand roller coasters because I hate being trapped. It, It doesn't matter if it's roller coasters, if it's traffic, I'm out. It could be all our friends. We could be at Knott's Berry Farm. We could be at Universal Studios. We could be at Disneyland. We could be at, shout out, Castles and Coasters. Everyone will say, let's get on the roller coaster. I'm going to say, hard pass. I'll be right here. Let me hold your Dr. Pepper. Let me hold your fries. Don't mind if I do. And have fun on the roller coaster. I am out, right? But there's a story of, of this young woman in our community, how she got on a roller coaster and it got stuck. Can you imagine being on a roller coaster for 15 plus minutes? She was telling me, she's like, I was screaming, I was crying, just let me down, let me down, just did not want to be on that roller coaster. And then I started thinking, Man, if I was on the roller coaster with her, I don't know if I would be crying with her. I don't know if I'd be laughing at her. I mean, with her. Whatever the case, I, I, just, I am not about getting on roller coasters. But here's what we, what we find ourselves in today. Is that so many of us, we are on a roller coaster that we cannot control. And I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of looking at the news, listening to all these voices, and every single day, it's the virus is going to kill us all. No, it only affects these types of people. Well, now someone young died. Oh, the stock, the stock is the worst it's ever been ever. We're all going to die. We're all going to lose our money. It's pure hopeless garbage. And guess what? I'm getting off the roller coaster, and I want to invite you to get off too. Because we don't live a life with no hope. We don't live a life in despair. No, no, no. We don't live that way. We do not get on the roller coaster that everyone else seems to be getting on. And so here's my question. Though we are on a proverbial roller coaster externally, what if I told you you did not have to get on internally? Though there is so much chaos going on on the outside, what if I told you that your soul could maintain stability on the inside? What if 
though the storm is raging on, the tides are rising and they're lowering. What if I told you your soul could be straight anchored with a hope that's unshakable? So here's what I want you to know today. If you don't take anything else from today, remember this. Our hope does not stand on the problems of the present. Our hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God. I'm going to say it again. Our hope does not stand on the problems of the present, and there are a lot of them. Our hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God. Here's why you need to know that. Because though our circumstances change, Jesus remains the same. Though our circumstances rise and they fall with the times, good days, bad days, good seasons, bad seasons, Jesus never changes and remains the same. Let's pray and we'll jump into the message. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. God, that you are our rock in the midst of these times. Lord, I want to pray for those that are feeling hopeless that today that, that ends and they, they go full of hope from here. I pray for those that are feeling anxious and a lot of fear. I pray you would turn that into faith. I pray that you would turn them into bold, courageous warriors who stand on your promises. And Lord, for those who, man, don't know you that are watching, Lord, I pray that this is the moment. They don't know how they got here, but I know you have got them to this place in, in, in a way only you could because you got a message for them this morning, afternoon, evening. Lord, we love you so much. Ask that you would bless this message, bless our people. In the name of Jesus, if you're in your house, make some noise. Say amen. If you're by yourself, you're watching on your bed, make some noise. Amen. So the question is, so many of us get on the roller coaster, but the real problem is, how do we get off? How, how, did we, how do we get on the roller coaster in the first place? And so here's, here's what I want to paint a picture for you. We're going to still go with the roller coaster illustration, but there's two roller coasters everybody's getting on, and, and everyone will be beckoning and calling for you to get on there as well. But I'm telling you, you don't have to. But here's the roller coaster so many of us get on. It starts with there's three carts in the roller coaster. There is a front cart, a middle cart, and the end. And on the front, if we live our lives, it's called by what we see. If we live our lives by what we see, the second cart is we come to a conclusion about who God is. So in this time, if your hope is on based on what you can see, you're going to start seeing the virus, you're seeing all the deaths, you're seeing the stock market go down, you're seeing your 401k is dropping faster than you can imagine, and you come to the faulty conclusion that God is not with me, God is not for me, and he doesn't care. Last but not least, in the third cart is our faith or what we believe. And so if you build your life on what you see, you're going to come to the wrong conclusion about who God is. And in the last cart, your, your faith is going to be shipwrecked. But that's not the only cart. That's not the only roller coaster everybody's getting on. There's another one. It's just about the same, but the order is different. It starts when we live life by what we see. We then, but we start to put our faith in what we see. We put our hope in what we see. We put our trust in what we see. So, so many of you, you didn't realize you were doing it, but you actually had your faith in, your hope in, your trust in your 401k for security. Or you had your hope and your trust in 
the stock market, or maybe it's your health. Whatever the case, when you go by what you see and you start putting your faith in that, you are on the roller coaster that's leading you to despair, that's leading you to loneliness, that's leading you to depression, and leading you to fear. And God doesn't want you to be on that roller coaster. And so we live life, a lot of us, we live by what we see, we put our hope in what we see, and then because it's all going bad in this time, we come to the conclusion again that God's not good, he's not with me, and he's not for me. You see, in Hebrews 11, 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. We don't see it. Faith is the assurance. It's because we're out of order. That's why you're on the roller coaster, because your faith is in what you can see. It's in what you have versus what you hope for. You see, the problem is that we have so much more confidence in what we have and what we see. But that is the very thing that's getting you on the roller coaster in the first place. But here's amazing. I just want to encourage you. The, the roller coasters that you and I get on, the disciples got on as well. What I want to do is I want to share two stories about what to do and a second story of what or what not to do and then a story about what to do, right? And so this is amazing. The disciples walk with Jesus, yet they still find themselves on the roller coaster because their insides were ordered correctly. Here's what I mean. So Jesus in Mark chapter 4, 35 says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. But in Mark 4, 37, it says, a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's, what do they see? Well, they see that, okay, the, the wind, the, 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 the waves are breaking into the boat. And what happens in verse 38? It says, he, Jesus was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. They woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Do you see how they're out of order? They're living life by what they see. What I see is my, my boat is going down. What I see is water in my boat. And so now I've come to the faulty conclusion that God doesn't care. But here's what's amazing. Jesus stands up. He walks out. Yawns real quick, says, Peace be still, and the waves and the wind ceased. And then he asked this incredible question. He says, where is your faith? Where are you placing your hope? Where are you placing your trust? Where are you, is it in the boat? Is it in what you can see? Are, are, you, are you living life by what you see? You're seeing the boat fill with water, and so now you think I don't care? No, 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 you're out of order. And he says, where is your faith? But he doesn't say it in a condemning tone. He says it in a gentle tone, more than you and I could imagine. God's saying, hey, where's your faith? Is it in me, or is it something that can change? And so here's what I love. Their faith and their focus and their hope was not fixed on who Jesus is. It was fo focused on what they could see. You see, when you have the correct order, the internal narrative of your life is less of a roller coaster and it's more like a train. Here's what I mean. Just like a roller coaster, a train, it has peaks and valleys. It, it has highs and lows it goes through. You could be peeking out the window and go, Wow, that, that looks really steep. Like it, it still has all those same things, except it's stable. I was on an Amtrak, I believe from Albany, New York to uh, Manhattan. 
And we're in, this is amazing, we're in the, sitting down in our cart, and we're chilling. My parents are like, hey, do you want to go get a coffee at the coffee bar? I was like, there's a coffee bar on the train? Shut your mouth. You kidding me? Absolutely. So we start going from cart to cart to cart. We get into the cart. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. Can I get a vanilla latte? Or maybe it's a caramel macchiato, whatever I was drinking back then. And I was like, this is awesome. Because though, though there's a lot of things changing on the outside, everything was stable on the inside of that cart. And so here's the order. This is the order. You, you need to start with, rather than start with what we see, we got to start with who God is. Because remember, our hope does not stand on the problems of the present. Our hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God. And so what happens is and when you start to live your life by who God is, you then can place your what you believe, your faith, your hope onto him. And that starts to change everything. Because remember, Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. You see, when you start to build your house on who God is, when you place your hope on who God is, he can sustain it. But so many of us, I'm telling you, this is just worldwide, that we end up building our house on the sand. Why? Because we don't want to do that. We, we, we think because we can, we can see the sand. We, we like the sand. I love the sand, right? But we build our house on the sand, and, and like sand, circumstances move. What we see ends up moving. And so what we need is we need some, to build on something better, something that does not change, something that does not shift or shape. It just, it stays the same. You see, some of us, we say, man, I know there's a God because he blessed me with a house. Man, I know there's a God because he blessed me with a marriage. No, 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 no. That's, that's a good thing. No, we're blessed. God has blessed us even when I don't get the house, even when I lost the house, even when my marriage fell apart. I am building my house on something sturdier. The rock that is Jesus is who he is. And we can put our hope on him because our hope can always stand on him because he remains the same. He never changes. I love this. Psalm 39, 7. And so Lord... Where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. You're right. Oh, God, you're right. Because we got to put our hope on something that doesn't change, on something that stays the same. Oh, yeah, my hope was in the wrong thing. And which then changes what we see. You see, when you build your life on who God is, you put your faith and hope into him, then he starts giving you spiritual eyes of how to see what you see. I love in James, it says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter trials of various kinds. Who says that? Who says, yes, let's count it joy to go through garbage that we go through. You're right. It's on something. It's on someone said that who builds his house on who God is. His hope stands on who God is. And he says, man, that he who began a good work in me is going to continue to do it. He is the author and perfecter of my faith. He's going to get it done because that's who he is. And so we, so we learn, we got to build our house on who God is. We put our hope on him, but the, and then we start to see differently. But let's go to a story in the scripture of a guy who had just dealt with the exact same thing, worse circumstances in the scriptures. His name's Paul, and he does it the right way. 
for those of you that are wondering, maybe it's your first time to like a church experience, and, and you're like, who's Paul? Well, well, Paul is a guy who, he started killing Christians, but then he became one. Isn't, isn't that kind of weird that he killed Christians and then he became one? Well, you'd say, how, how would something like that happen? Well, it's kind of like the story of all of us that we essentially were doing life in a dark room and all of a sudden God turns on the lights and you're like, oh, so you are real. Oh, this is amazing. This is so cool. So Paul's in the middle of persecuting Christians. Jesus turns on the light. Next thing you know, he's like, this is amazing. I, I, gotta, I gotta serve you. Like, this is incredible, right? And so Paul is just, he has this incredible purpose for his life. And God tells him, he says, he says, hey, you're gonna go to Rome because I want you to testify to Caesar. I want you to testify to Caesar. But he finds himself on this boat. He's with a bunch of other prisoners and they're all going to Rome. And all of a sudden, He's looking at the waves because he's been shipwrecked plenty of times. And he goes, hey, this doesn't look good. He says in Acts 27, 9 through 10, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss. Not only the cargo of the ship, but also our lives. But what they do? They didn't listen to him. You know why? Because they were stuck in a small harbor of a small town. And they're like, I would rather take my chances like dying than having to be there for a season. That's kind of how I feel like when I'm in the woods. I'm like, I'd rather do anything. I need some civilization. I need some buildings. I need me a Starbucks. You're like, man, you are extra. That's okay. So was Paul, right? He's like, it, it, this isn't going to work out for you. It's that this isn't, but whatever, do your thing. And so all of a sudden, they thought they timed it right. But guess what happens? A storm hits. Worse than you can imagine. And so here's the sad part is they start doing everything they can to prevent them all from dying. Here's what I want to show you. So it says in in, in verse 17 through 19, after hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the surface, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Just like a roller coaster. They're driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Their hope was always in their own hands. Their hope is what they could see. And then it says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. And so I don't know where you are right now, but maybe you're one, you, you are in the same boat where you're saying all hope is being abandoned. I have no hope. But can I tell you, that you are in the perfect place. Because every time you come to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of who God is. Every time you come to the end of your strength is the beginning of his. They say that God's office is located at the end of your rope. Listen, what you're not falling apart, you're falling into grace because grace always meets you at the bottom. Rania Naim says, sometimes we have to lose all hope before we find unwavering faith. Cherie Hill says, when you feel as though your life is falling apart, it's really just falling into place in the hands of God. He's taking your ending and transforming it into his beginning. You see, when all hope is gone, there is faith. And so what is Paul? He has this stability in the storm. Why? Because he builds everything right. It's built on who God is and what he said.
And so he stands up and he says, man, y'all should have listened to me. I told you we're going to die. But he said, you know what? I actually got something different for you. He says in verse 22, yet now I urge you take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong. Remember that, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. So what is Paul doing here? He has something that you and I can do today. But remember, our hope does not, it does not stand on the problems of the present. Our hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God. So what does Paul do that you and I can do in this season? He focuses on who Jesus is and what he has said. Why does he do that? Here's why you need to do that. Because our ultimate hope, it isn't tied to what our circumstances are. Our hope is tied to who Jesus is. So Paul was focused. He says, this is the God to whom I belong. And I have a question. Do you know the God that you belong to? For those of you that are followers of Jesus, who is the God you belong to? Let me give you a few. He is the creator of heavens. He laid the foundations of the earth. He's our refuge and strength. He's our help in trouble. He's our light in the darkness, our guidance in the wandering, our joy in the sorrow. You better make some noise if you're in a house this morning. Today or tomorrow, he's our joy and our strength. And he tells Paul, don't be afraid. So what do we need to do? Focus on who Jesus is, but then on what he said. What has God said? What has he said? What has he said to you? What does he say about us as followers of Jesus? He says he gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. He says, come to me, I'll give you rest. He says, I'll never leave you, forsake you. He says, my God will supply every need according to yours, according to my glory. He says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to cleanse you of our sins and all unrighteousness. He says, you can do all things through him who strengthens you. He said, I will turn all your bad and make it into good. He says that you are pure that you are clean, that you are righteous, that you are a new creation. He says you are co-heir with Christ. You are more than a conqueror. He said that you are beloved, you are blameless, you are blessed, you are curse-free. You better make some noise. You are dead to sin, free from sin, friend of Christ. You're fruitful, you're gifted, you're hidden in Christ, you're highly favored, you're inseparable of his love, you're justified, you're known by him, you're lacking in nothing. He made you in his image. You're alive in Christ. You're protected, you're purified, you're raised with Christ. You're the apple of his eye. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're his masterpiece. You've been created for good works. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people of his own possession. And this is what God says about you. Make some noise in your house this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're watching it. And then Paul says, he, he, he says this, he says, but God then sp speaks to me, he says, you must appear before Caesar. And Paul's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Because in Acts chapter 23, a few chapters before, Jesus says, Take courage, Paul, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Let me tell you, I don't know. It doesn't matter how dark the times are. Can I just tell you something? As a follower of Jesus, you are immortal until God says so. You are literally immortal until God says so. 
Does that mean we test God like the enemy? He brings Jesus up to the mountain and he says, jump. And he quotes Psalm 91. Your angels protect you. No, no, no. Jesus says, no, we don't test God. What is it instead? Instead, it's, it's, it's we, we believe that nothing can come through to us that does not filter first through the Father's hands. I know this. Louis Giglio says, nothing happens on earth that doesn't pass through the filter of God's sovereign plans and his desire to give us the very best, which is himself. You see, I mean, it just, it, whatever God has said, listen, it, you can't be touched. If, if God's told you, you got this future that he's called you to do certain things, guess what? You're going to do them no matter how dark the storm gets. So what's Paul focusing on? He's focusing on who Jesus is and what he has said. Max Lucado says this. He says, the question is not, will God keep his promises? The question is, will we build our lives upon them? And so Paul says it's the 14th night and he, he looks at him and he says, yo, you guys haven't eaten in so long. He says, take, take some bread for it will give you strength for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. Church, how is Paul encouraging people in the midst of another storm? Because his hope is in the right place. Because when your hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God, when you start to focus on who Jesus is, and what he has said, you're going to spread peace and not panic. You're going to spread peace and not panic because you have a hope that is immovable, unshaken, cannot be changed. And I want you to know that when you put your hope onto who God is, everything changes because what you're gonna be doing is you're gonna be carrying a hope. You're gonna be carrying a hope. And I'm telling you, the hope you are carrying is worth catching. Just like this virus, you better get away from me because I promise you, you'll catch what I got and it's going to be hope. And I'm telling you, the hope that you carry is so worth catching because all the people around you don't have any other hope. And so as he said this in verse 35, and when he said these things, he took bread, he took bread, gave thanks to God in the presence of all, broke it and they began to eat and they were all encouraged. And finally the days come they're doing everything to get prepared for landing. And it said, they strike a reef. They ran the vessel aground. The bow stuck, remained immovable, and the stern was being broken up by the surf. Then they all jump out, make it to shore. And the last verse says, and so it was that all were brought safely to land. Here's what I want you to know, City View Church. Our hope does not stand on the problems of the present. Some of you are letting your hope still be in what you see and need to be in who God is. Listen, our hope, it stands on the goodness and the promises of God. Why do we need to know that? Because though your circumstances will always change in great seasons and in bad seasons, Jesus remains the same. What do we need to do? We need to focus on who Jesus is and what he has said. Why? Because our ultimate hope is not tied to our current circumstances, to what our circumstances are. Our hope, our anchor of our soul is tied to who Jesus is. And I want to finish this message by, man, maybe you don't know, you might say, man, Jared, it's easy for you to shout from the rooftops, but you don't know what I'm going through. Well, by the time you watch this message, by, by the time we first release it, I want to let you know that a week and a half ago, 
I had, I had been called into a meeting with 15, 20 other of my coworkers and our GM and our, and our director of HR, they did an amazing job, so compassionate, but we all got furloughed from our jobs that day. And so I'm not some guy standing on top of the mountain while everyone's struggling. No, I'm down in the dirt with you saying, I'm not employed right now because of what's going on. And not only that, it was on a Wednesday, and it's pouring rain that day. It wasn't in the forecast. And we get out of the meeting where we all lose our jobs. And then the, a person goes, he goes, and now we lose our jobs, and now we have to walk in the rain to our car. And all I thought was, did I expect anything different? Are you kidding me? When it rains, it pours. Let's go, right? Because it's different. We got a hope that's different. My hope doesn't stand on what the problems are right now. My hope stands on the goodness and the promises of God. Promise you, he will, like, listen to all the things I said. He said, you're beloved, you're justified, you're pure, you're the apple of his eye. If he says all those things, will he not take care of you? Will he not do it again? Listen, I'm telling you, in the, in the, in the story of Elijah, God even commanded ravens to feed him. There's nothing God can't do. He can get you through this season. You got to have a different hope because we are going to be the community that spreads hope that's worth catching. It's going to be different. People are spreading virus. We're spreading hope because the hope we carry is worth catching. I've seen him do it before and I'm going to see him do it again. Maybe you're watching this for the first time and I believe there's a few of you on here for the first time. You've never decided to follow Jesus. Can I, can I pray with you right now? This is going to be the easiest prayer. And what we're going to do right now is we, I'm going to help guide you in a conversation with you and God that's going to last a lifetime. This is just the beginning conversation between you and him. And it's going to last a lifetime. And I'm telling you, even as you're on your faith journey, you're going to start to discover that he was already talking to you back here. And so if you would pray for me, if you are a family, if you are in our City View Church family, be praying for the people right now. Lord, I pray, God, um, just thank you for everyone here today. God, for those that have not crossed the line of faith, if you would pray with me, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. And what starts to happen in those moments is that God starts this conversation. He, he starts to show you that he's a trustworthy hope that you can build on. And I just am so thankful that you crossed the line of faith. For the rest of our church family, Lord, I just pray that you would bless them. I pray that their hope would not be in what we can see, but on who you are. Lord, so many people, we go to the food, we go grocery store for food, we go to toilet paper for control, but where do people go for hope? So I pray, Lord, that you would just insert hope, that you would, hope would rise, faith would rise in our people, Lord, and that we would spread it because our hope does not stand on these circumstances, but on who you are. Lord, we love you so much. I ask, God, that you would speak loud and clear. I pray for the fear would just start to dissipate. I pray the strongholds that the enemy has over certain families in this moment would dissipate. And I pray that, Lord, they would just go in your peace. For you said in John 14, 27, you said, peace I leave with you. It's, it's not as the world has. It's something different. Lord, we love you. We praise you in all these things. 
thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.